hit podcast. That's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news. We underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process. Yes, you, because we got Chris and Andrew to bless you. With the best features, best stories. We diving deep like a Lambo leak. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring. We all point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the dog pound. In the cold, get a gold brown. Sit back and raise the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Chris Horwardell joined by Anshu Kana. Anshu! Chris! How you doing? Uh, you know, relatively speaking, I've been better and worse. How are you? I believe that applies to me as well, and uh, <laughs> no more questions, Your Honor. <laughs> we've, we've already... Alright, let's let's <laughs> cap the legal conversation here. I've, I've had enough for a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't you kind of, that's what this podcast is turning into. We're just going to get legal takes from me, completely unqualified. I, I, again, I would take your <laughs> word over mine. Again, I think that's a mistake. Hey, uh, so interesting, uh, interesting time here in sports as we kind of had some recently. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not just Korean baseball, which obviously captivating. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> But Dana White and the, the Ultimate Fighting Championship had a little event this weekend. Went off, you know, it's actually, how how it went off is actually an interesting indicator for what we might see moving forward. Because, you know, about 24 hours before the event scheduled to kick off, we get the news that one of the participants had tested positive uh, for coronavirus. I need to specify that. And uh, <laughs> the event still went on. You know, the event went on. And it went pretty well from from all accounts now as you know just just yesterday there was a a weird 90 minutes when arizona announced that they will be opening up to all professional sports on friday and california mm-hmm. announced that there will be no in-person colleges until 2021 so state, <sighs> states right next to each other taking very different approaches to how to handle this who's to say who's right who's to say who's wrong History will decide. But today, today we got the news, and uh, not to be outdone, those crazy Floridians are also going to open up professional sports <laughs> to everybody on Saturday. Um, do you take this as uh, is this ultimately going to end up being a positive step or a negative step that we're starting to open up already? Uh, yeah, oh, man, it's that's a loaded question, but a good yes. one. I think that I think that. Uh, it's it's a positive step in terms of I think it's going to challenge us all to think of ways to get back to normalcy while mm-hmm. retaining the intelligence of patience, if that makes sense. Which is like, what Floridians are known for. Right. Not necessarily. <laughs> but I think that what Adam Silver and this brings it kind of full circle to the Dana White conversation, what Adam Silver had proposed with the NBA is that we can't have one positive test or even multiple positive tests, if we are going to get back to normalcy, cloud that normalcy. Right. If we're going to do it, we basically, and, you know, there has to be a limit, obviously, on this, but yeah. we can't just let, it's, you know, we can't just let a Rui Gobert situation end the entire league. We have to be smart about it. Yeah. And I think that the, the states that are opening up, not because they're doing it the right way, but you know, it's going to challenge smarter people to to accommodate the ability to get back to openness with the intelligence, if that makes sense, 
to, um, you know, to, to sort of work around that and do it the right way. And I think yeah. there is that right way, quote unquote, is kind of like a moving target. But I do think that it's it's something we can try for. And I think that sports in particular have that opportunity to be the gateway the way that they were the gateway to close the doors in the first place. Yeah, no, it was it's very interesting to wrap your head around having to view a positive coronavirus test is almost the same as like a sprained ankle. It's just mm -hmm. that's just the reason yeah. that individual player is going to be out for a short period of time. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how you get around it, though. How I know. Do, how do you, you can't. Like how a is sprained that ankle isn't contagious? Right, contagious. right, right. Well, you know, if you if you fall the wrong way, somebody else might fall on top of you. But, <laughs> but, dominoes, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, but how do you how do you get around that entire team not being quarantined for at least a week or two weeks is what it should be? Mm, I, I mean, I think it's a great point, and I'm not sure. I mean, I guess the idea of frequent and basically daily testing is the only way around it. Right? Even, but then, even that is anything but foolproof. Of course, because you can test negative one day and positive the next, right? Or, or and, sorry, and you can be asymptomatic. Yeah, no. You can be asymptomatic and yeah. pass along the disease. I think that yeah, I think that the symptoms piece has to be completely thrown out the window if they're going to do it this way. Agreed. It has to be testing, and it has to be you know readily available testing to everyone that's participating. And I think that there has to be the understanding that even though readily available testing is going to apply to sports and it's not necessarily going to apply to everyone else. And that's just the thing that we all have to accept, you know, mm -hmm. like we can't compare the fact that the, the professional sports leagues can have regular, uh, you know, immediate testing across the board, even though it might not be available to everyone across the country or the globe. And that's just going to be something we all have to accept. And I, I mean, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen that way. Like there are going to be people that are opposed to that. Just that mere fact that, you know, they have access. Why doesn't everybody else have full access? But, you know, we are seeing testing more readily available. And so I think that I just again, I think there are a lot of things we will all have to accept as consumers of this sport and all the caveats that are going to apply to any season that occurs anytime soon uh, with respect to this virus and sports. Okay. Let's, let's address the other side of that. And that is California, California coming out and saying there's going to be no in-person college until 2021. Uh, only one school has actually officially announced it. And that's Cal, Cal state at this point, as far as I'm aware, but it seems like there's going to be no in-school college for, uh, for California schools at the very least uh, until, you know, January and I, I I've gone on record saying that I don't believe there's going to be college athletics this year. I just don't with the possible sure. exception of maybe a golf or tennis or something like that, that allows you to maintain a reasonable amount of social distancing just throughout the, the nature of the game. Sure. How does, how does this affect USC, UCLA, uh, you know, Cal and any number of other California teams? If, there is college football in some form, but these colleges aren't playing. And Mark Emmert said there's not going to be a, there's not student athletes without students. So if you're not in mm -hmm. school, there's not going to be football teams, basketball teams, whatever. Do these people have to have the right to transfer immediately and without penalty if there's college sports this year? Uh, that how, man, that's a great question. How can you just I, say I, we're not playing? I 
I've a couple things. First of all, saw the Emmerich comments. I, he, um, he has no power. Like he, I mean, the fact that he says that, I think it makes sense. I think it's totally understandable. He has no ability to control what the schools do. But sure. if the schools follow the instructions of their state of government, then, you know, it creates a void. And I mean, then it gets back to the conversation of that, you know, James Franklin was having last week, which is, you know, can the Big Ten retain a schedule with only half, say, half the teams playing? Mm-hmm. Like, say, Pritzker doesn't let any Illinois public schools play or, or any any Illinois schools play. That's three Big Ten schools out, out yeah. you know? Like, I mean, that's or two. There, there's, I just, I think that there are a variety of considerations, and I think that you have to accommodate the student-athletes. But at the same time, if the person at the top of the NCAA you know, says things have to be a certain way and can control those transfer rules. Right. Like, I mean, I think that that creates some major issues and mm-hmm. like a total dichotomy um, because he's not going to want to encourage any sort of athletic, uh, you know, competition. And I, and if he says, you know, we're not going to, I mean, then he would be incentivized to not allow immediate transfers. So I know that sounds really convoluted, but this whole situation is brought with issues, obviously. But do you agree that if if one school is playing and one school is not, those student athletes should have the ability to transfer without recourse to play? I think it's sh- I think you should be allowed because I also think that student athletes are just completely screwed in general. True. But I also understand that if Emirates has taken a stand on a certain point, like I mean, I would understand him not allowing that. Because just, if he doesn't want any sports to be played, why would he facilitate a transfer that would allow sports to be played that year? I, you understand, know? I understand that, and I know, I know you were trying to veer away from the legal talk, but we're going to go back <laughs> no, in, we're, we're go, diving in. Go back into that play. arena for just another second. <laughs> how how are you not opening up loss of income lawsuits by these college players who you know, are <sighs> yeah. you're, you're hurting their future ability to make money by showcasing themselves for their future job? Right, which completely flies in the face of the purpose. Of yeah, well, sure, of course, but let's not pretend <laughs> right. like these guys are here because they love biology. No, I, I mean, but a part of, yeah, right. I, I mean, I'm clearly a part of college, especially high-profile athletes, is to train themselves to go into their profession, which yeah. is in this case sports. So I totally agree with you. I, I think that it's, I, I mean, what else can I say? I completely agree with you. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. Like I. I also think I'm interested to get your perspective as a California resident. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a step too far to just shut everything down till 2021 through 2021, like without, you know, like, I mean, you could do it in a month or three months or six months or whatever, you know, and to do it now. I mean, I'm not sure what the purpose of that was other than to, you know, underline the fact that there's a clear, you know, issue and something we need to take very seriously. Uh, so, look, our our governor here, Gavin Newsom, has been the subject of a lot of a lot of fanfare and criticism. And right. people people are inevitably going to fall into one of two sides of this argument. Right. And it's going to be a personal opinion. It's going to be. I believe that we should be limiting contact as much as possible so we can contain this thing. Or I believe we should have the right to do what we want because this is America, goddammit. And, <laughs> and Gavin Newsom is pushing very hard. He's 
maybe as much and as high profile as anyone in the country is pushing to mm-hmm. like we're going to you know history is going to show we're going to fall on the side of safety with all of this mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be conservative and i personally believe being conservative is the best way to go in this when we don't fully understand the ramifications of everything that's going on we don't fully understand the mutations just look you know a month ago we thought kids were basically immune from this and now we're seeing mm-hmm. kids being affected very badly like we don't mm. understand all of this yet and i would much rather we took a little bit longer to uh to distance and understand than we jump back in and look is that a skewed perspective uh socioeconomically yes yes it is i happen to be lucky enough to have a job that i can do from my home i mm. i have said you know a million times that I have a little bit of a hard time with this because, <coughs> excuse me, uh, because I don't, I'm not in a position where if the if the world doesn't open back up in the next month, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't mm-hmm. know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. I don't know how I'm going to feed my family. That isn't that isn't the situation I'm in, and my heart goes out to everybody who is in that situation, and I can see that side of it too. Uh, I think, man, I, I, you know, we just we just signed this giant this giant stimulus package for the economy, and it went in a lot of the wrong places. I I think that in order to completely completely deal with this the way that we need to, we need to take the financial burdens off of those non-essential but lower socioeconomic level people uh, who are really struggling in all of this. It's never going to ease everything. There's always going to be the people who feel, you know, the the very famous uh, "my body, my choice" kind of people. Mm-hmm. And okay, whatever. Uh, but there needs to be something done. I don't know if it's um, uh, ceasing the ability. And I, I know that there there's restrictions in place and, and evictions and power and turning off um, utilities and all of that right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe that needs to be longer. Maybe that just needs to be forgiven at some point if you fall under a certain a certain a certain threshold economically. Mm-hmm. But that's where that money needed to go. Now it's it's not where it went. It went to a lot of rich people, quite frankly, uh, and a lot of rich organizations uh, with theoretically the. I don't even want to say the best of intentions, but I also don't want to make this a political thing. It went to the wrong. <laughs> it went to the wrong people, is what I'm saying. It, it wasn't handled the way it should have been. I I don't know. I guess the long and short of that tangent is, I do fall on the side of we need to just take a break. We need to. I've been pushing the three week mandatory quarantine. You know, I fall on the far side of all of this. I guess so. I'm. I'm perfectly happy with what's going on in California. I have no problem at all um, suspending in-person college until at least January 2021 because I don't look. There are people a lot smarter than me are making these decisions. Thank God for everyone. But I don't. I don't personally understand. Like a college is a cesspool as it is, and mm-hmm. and kids are gonna do dumb shit. Look, it's just how mm-hmm. it's just the nature of college, and you probably don't want to change that because it's just that's a rite of passage. How, I don't I don't know how you can control kids in that environment who are looking to defy authority who who you know that that is the time of their lives when it's fine and we want to be rebels how do you get them to do everything they're supposed to do to preserve you know the hygiene element to per- preserve the safety of every other everybody else can you imagine when you were in school if this you know if you were like okay we're gonna have school 
but you have to, these guidelines are in place. You have to stay in these buildings. You can't go here. You can't go to group, you know, any, any uh, event that has a group of say more than 20 people involved. Is there, oh, yeah. is there a even 0.01% chance that that stuff would be abided by? No. Agreed. No. And I mean, even and that's, in these that's why cities, I don't see you can have college. I'm sorry. Just to wrap up my point. No, I think that it's, you know, I appreciate the perspective and candidly the tangent because I mostly agree with you. But I think that, um, you know, so January 2021 isn't that far away, actually. No. I think that what I had seen was it was no sports throughout. Essentially, the implication was there would be no sports throughout 2021, um, at least through that year, the school year. Right. And I mean, we've already talked about that and the idea of how the MLB draft is going to trickle out oh, or man. like the implications longer term of both college and MLB. And I think that there's a NFL draft conversation to be had after this also relative yeah. to that. But I think that, um, you know, I, January 2021, not that far. I understand it. I do think that like there's the opportunity to sort of slow our roll on both ends a little mm -hmm. bit. Like I think there's a middle ground to that we can all reach where it doesn't come off as panic. And, you know, and I think that we all have to be cognizant as you so eloquently pointed out of, you know, of the ramifications of this whole thing on a variety of different people. And I think that that's, that's just something we, we do a terrible job of in politics and society in general. Yeah. And, um, and of understanding that there are two very reasonable ends of the spectrum in a, situation that none of us have seen and none of us know very well, including the people who are experts to the extent that they can even be experts. And they admit that guys right. like Fauci and whatnot. So, you know, I, I mean, that's just where we are, but I think that my stance is generally like, let's just take it bit by bit and then try to get back to normalcy by accounting for what we know and then learning from what we learn over time. Each day is, is a unique sort of, you know, next step in the process. That's that's an incredibly reasonable take. The, let me just say this specifically relating to college. Wouldn't like I can understand this right now because don't you want to give these kids seven months, you know, seven months warning to know that yeah. college isn't going to be there and allow them to prepare accordingly? I guess it, that's fair. It would yeah. imagine how much more chaotic it would be if this ruling came in four months when everybody was getting ready to leave for school. Right. And the other thing with or college in school is, in four months, I you're, guess. right. You're talking about leaving for school. That is a different situation because you're yeah. talking about most people don't, you know, they're not going to college from home. They're yeah. going to, you know, get, you know, they have rents, they have uh, a variety of situations that they have to accommodate for. And, you know, and the schools themselves have to accommodate for that as well. So sure. definitely a good point, a unique point. I like it's, I've been, it's been so long since I've been there that I haven't thought about it. So um, yeah, I mean, it's a we're great, very young, great aren't you? People forget. We that. are we're very. Young. Yes, they do forget that. It's a perfect blind spot of not yet having people we that are near and dear to us that are about to go to college and also not having recently gone. So it's a perfect middle ground. Yeah, we're in a very imperfect middle ground. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's stop talking about coronavirus, take a quick break and come back and talk about sports. Hey guys, it's Chris, and uh, today I come to you with a little bit of optimism. You know, I feel better about sports coming back sooner rather than later, but you know, as of right now, there is still no NBA or NHL or MLB, and who knows what the future of football holds. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong. 
Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to bet on from their online casino to, to poker and blackjack. They are bringing Vegas to you. You missing the NFL? Well, do not worry. Bet Online has you covered with live daily Madden 20 simulations that you can bet on. And if you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on stuff like American Idol, stock prices, uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, the Masked Singer, Survivor, and a bunch of other props they have on the website. I'm looking at these Survivor props. Tony heavily favored to win, but I will say Natalie is third. And that's interesting because she's still on the edge of extinction. Or do they know that we don't? I don't. And the Frog and Masked Singer, plus 125 to win. Feels like a good bet. Also, it's Bow Wow. I'm telling you that right now. BetOnline is open 24 hours a day and it's all done online. Just visit their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. And when you head over to BetOnline, make sure you use that promo code PODCAST1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E, for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. And again, Frog is Betwell. All right, Anshu, uh, we're back. And, uh, you know, before I'm going to kind of hedge what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> because before you had mentioned that, you know, the now we're official. The Major League Baseball draft is going to be five rounds. I mm-hmm. just so happened to have stumbled upon uh, 2016 MLB redraft on Roto World. And I thought it really, it really showed the ramifications of what we're about to get into. And, like, oh, it doesn't even be fun. Not yeah. having. Not, you know, not have, oh, <laughs> my God, uh, not, not having this, uh, this, this year's baseball season, very potentially not having a baseball season next year either. So let's, when we're talking about that 2021 draft, you're talking about college, right? Uh, no high school. I, I don't think there's a chance for right. high school. Well, cause basically, obviously the baseball draft applies to both high school players and college players, but you mean not hold on. You're not saying that there will be no MLB seasons. You're just saying any other. Oh yes, service. yeah. I do. Yeah, I do not believe there will be any amateur baseball. Got it. Thank so you. Yeah, got it. sorry if that wasn't clear. But so this 2020 draft, you know, the we're going to be basing, we're going to be basing who, which high school players are picked off of their junior tape. Skip ahead a year, we're going to be basing it off of their sophomore tape. Just let that sink in for a moment when you think about how inaccurate we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for a sport that the players get exponentially better, literally over weeks. Yes. Let alone over years. Like, and I mean, the, their bodies develop so quickly. The mechanics are completely different. We've got such a heavy increased use of you know, unique top love the line equipment that helps monitor this stuff. I I mean, it blows me away. It, it is going to be literally like rolling the dice. I mean, it, it's just, a, it's already a crapshoot. It's going to yeah. be a complete random number generator. I think I, you nailed that completely. I love the random number generator example, <laughs> because you're right. The baseball draft is absolutely a crapshoot and maybe 2016 more than some other years. But I'm looking at this redraft. You know, number one, the Philadelphia Phillies, they take Mickey Moniak. In this redraft, they take Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette was the the uh, 66th pick in the second round. He's the number. He's the best player from this draft class, according to yeah. Roto World. The number two pick, you know, it's originally Nick Senzel. Well, Roto World has Shane Bieber. The 122nd pick in the 2016 draft, in the fourth round, being the second best player in this draft. 
Set, third is now Pete Alonso, the 64th pick. Fourth, Gavin Lux, the 20th pick. Fifth, uh, Jesus Lazardo, Jesus Lazardo, the, <laughs> the 94th pick. Sixth, Nick Senzel. We finally have an, an early round pick. The second pick <laughs> oh goes God. sixth. Uh, yeah. Seven, Will Smith was the 32nd pick of the draft. Eight, Dylan Carlson was the 33rd pick in the draft. Nine, Matt Manning was the ninth pick in the draft. So Matt Ooh. Manning remains a Detroit Tiger. Uh, <laughs> you, your Chicago White Sox, instead of Zach Collins, now get Brian Reynolds, the 59th pick in the draft. The the Seattle Mariners, instead of Kyle Lewis, they get Carter Kaboom, the 28th pick in the draft. The Red Sox now get the 15th pick in the draft. The the uh, Diamondbacks at 13 get Dustin May, who went 101 and so on and so on. And it gets even more dramatic as we get to the end of this first round. So, yes, the baseball draft, unbelievably a crapshoot as it already is. There is a realistic chance and a fairly realistic chance come 2021, if we don't have a baseball season and even to some degree this 2020 draft, the best player from this draft class ultimately may not be drafted. I think and it's really interesting because I think that it, we could end up after this season where we already have the five round plan. If we indeed don't get another season, we could get what you have talked about, which is just free agency, like mm. a modified, you know, um, potential, you know, they, we've have it with the international market. I mean, I, I think that there's the opportunity here to, to make it something kind of similar. Just, I mean, it's already kind of there because of the pooling of the do draft dollars and sort of the slot under slot idea. I mean, mm. now I, I just, maybe the entire industry will agree on certain players as they do with every draft, but, or most drafts I should say, but like, I doubt it. And yeah. I, I feel like it's just going to end up being a signability thing almost across the board where you're almost able to, you know, just basically pick off the guys that you want in the first round and then just sort of go from there. But I, I think a free agency might make sense or like a waiver period or something might make sense for at least for one or two years. Well, yeah, it's interesting if they would approach it in, like you said, seemingly the same way they do with international free agency and give them player pool and all of that. But, God, it's just it's it's so hard because, you know, there's such an inherent advantage to the top teams in that system. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, a higher baseball hierarchies. And actually every sport, it's not just about, you know, big markets. It's not just about salary cap funding, right? It's about developing a robust department of right. scouting. Yes. It's about, you know, inter international, uh, internationally sound organization. It's about a good scouting department. That is not a cheap thing to track. And so, um, you know, like not being able to bring players into your park to see, their speed, not having all these all-star games, by the way, where a lot of these players really mm -hmm. explode on the scene, um, you know, not having the Cape leagues where that you get to see them with wood bats. There are so, so many blind spots that will emerge from this. And it's, you know, it's just going to be a complete cluster where the, the haves and the have nots are going to be even more distinct than they have been recently, because you'll get teams like the Yankees who might pick off a guy in the fourth round or fifth round that maybe should be like a late first rounder if teams had the ability to scout them at all these other you know, various events. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Especially high school baseball is so showcased mm. base, uh, mm -hmm. for, for scouting. So without all of that, 
God, chaos is maybe an understatement. I, yeah. I I really don't know. What do you think of this? Some of these plans that have leaked. How do you feel about a potentially 80 game baseball season? I, I I feel good about it with the caveat of like all the stuff we're talking about the uh, you know whether or not it's smart whether or not it's the right thing to do whether or not it sends the right message to the country but I mean I I think we're all itching for entertainment in some way and again like there is a way to do this I I'm, I feel pretty strongly that there's a smart way to do this but. Mm. I'm just not sure if, you know, the players have the appetite to deal with all the sacrifices they're going to have to deal with the play. But I do think that, you know, if they want to make money, that is this is the solution that makes sense. I, I just I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do it at their home parks the way that they had sort of proposed a week or so ago. They're not. I don't I don't yeah. see I don't see a scenario and I don't want I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I don't see a scenario where where baseball, football, whatever, any major sport is not played, you know, primarily in one or two locations. Like say Florida and Arizona. It just so happens. <laughs> Those are the two. Yeah. The Funny yeah, how that know. worked. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, huh? But no, just just to mitigate the risk and keep people as safe as possible. That like the bubble thing has to happen and people have to buy into it. And mm-hmm. God, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to. I don't know how to fairly punish people for breaking the rules because uh, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more confident and this is, this will go away from the doom and gloom stuff. I'm more confident of sports being played in a, I don't want to say short, but reasonably short period of time than I was last week. I, I do think we're heading in that direction. I think so, too. And, you know, we've said this since the first show we did with the virus. I mean, and I I think that baseball had an amazing opportunity to get creative and become the forefront Mm -hmm. and the, 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 you know, the method to follow. And sure enough, they found a way to bungle it and just go back and forth. It's baseball. It's Manfred. (laughs) It's it's all these idiots. But of course, Adam Silver, I am absolutely sure in my mind that Adam Silver will be the first one to get this going. Uh, we've seen within the last 24 hours that he said, you know, we're working towards some creative solutions. I don't know that it's going to include non-playoff teams. I just, I, I think that mm-hmm. like the stuff Steve Kerr has said publicly sort of resonates with me. And I think with many, um, but like, you know, maybe they're a part of like an exhibition thing, but it's yeah. not going to be, as, you know, well, could I, you, could you see, ba- could you see basketball using this as an opportunity to sort of, on the fly, try out some of the crazier ideas that they've had over the last couple of years. Cause I could, oh, like rewarding. I could see like play in tournament could absolutely be in play here. Oh, that I, I have no doubt they've got some creative thoughts bubbling to the service for sure. But you know, they've, he set the timetable two to four weeks. I mean, can they put it together? I think that silver himself could, I'm not sure that the liabilities, and we talked about this before the show, mm-hmm. but uh, the legal theme continues. If the liabilities justify the means, like if they if they'll do it that way, or if they'll just roll right into like a playoff scenario, I'm not I'm not sure. Well, it, to me, over the last I would say before the last two or three days, I thought we were heading more towards basketball wasn't going to be played. But then they have this giant conference call with, you know, a bunch of the NBA superstars on it and to a man, 
everybody wanted to play. And God, this hurts me because one of my least favorite people in all of basketball was the person who made it maybe the best point of all. And that's Jared Dudley on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> Dudley got it. I detest him. But Jared mm-hmm. Dudley, uh, he tweeted out safety, obviously, first. Uh, nowhere will be as safe as the NBA compound site, they determine. But I don't think people, I don't think players know the effects of not playing and what it does to us next year. Uh, this is bigger. This is bigger than my team isn't going to make the playoffs. So who cares? No playoffs, no TV money, new CBA next year. And that's absolutely correct because as we've talked about before, the salary cap is based on revenue that comes in. And if we're if we're cutting that by 50, 60 percent, whatever it's going to be, I'm probably not. I probably not. I guess actually that's that's probably fairly accurate because playoff money is a hell of a lot more than regular season money. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. if that drops by 60%, players, you know, I don't it was probably god, I'm going to age myself. I don't know, maybe 10 10 years ago whenever when the the new NHL CBA came into play and they all agreed to take a, a percentage pay cut, that might be what we're looking at next year. You know, guys, we if this if the salary cap is going to be 60% of what we expected it to be, guys are going to have to take a percentage of their salary pay cut. It's just the only way sports are going to be able to play or owners are going to go out of business because every single team will be deep, 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 deep into the luxury tax. Oh yeah. And I don't know if they're, how that's going to go. And, you know, I also think the average fan doesn't really consider the people who aren't making a lot of money in professional sports. Talk Mm. about, let's talk about football, for example, or let's actually baseball is a great example. Guys who come into the league that first year, they're making like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right. And baseball players have already agreed to give up one one hundred and sixty second of their paycheck for every game that isn't played. So let's say we have an eighty game season. Now that guy is making one hundred and sixty five thousand dollars or something like that. Take taxes mm-hmm. off of that. That guy is now making a hundred thousand dollars. Take uh, let's say call it one fifteen. Now take agent commissions and publicist fees and all of that. That guy's now making say $90,000. And while you're like, Oh, $90,000, that's great. It's not great for a professional athlete who has a lot of people who are also in their circles, dipping into that money. You're going to see, you're going to see a lot of people struggling. Uh, for sure. And beyond that, it's not a guaranteed deal beyond, you know, your to necessarily, no. or even if it is, it's, you know, it's, it's cutthroat. It's a very cutthroat industry. And the MLB is asking players, and I think all these sports are, asking players to leave their families, essentially, yeah. for months at a time. And, I mean, I uh, there has to be a middle ground, but both sides need to accept the fact that, you know, there are there's just less to go around. And guess what? The entire country is going through it right now, as we said. Yes. So, you know, there are everyone's struggling a little bit. Everyone has to, is trying to – it's not making ends meet in this scenario, but everyone is trying to be – fair or needs to try to be fair and accommodating of, you know, all the different factors at play here. And, um, you know, like I've been, I've seen company, a lot of companies, the executive board is essentially taking 40%, 50% more pay cuts mm-hmm. or more pay cuts, you know, from their regular salary just to help the people at the bottom get their, the amount they need to, to make ends meet. And I yeah. think that sports can take a, a cue from the, from society in that way. So it's going to be very interesting. And I, I am worried that baseball, the players, I, I think the base, the players, the MLB will play because the players would rather make 90,000 than 0.00. Yeah. But 
it's also possible that, you know, the players don't get educated enough fast enough and, you know, we end up in a space where we don't have baseball. Well, and, and, you know, we've seen Silver mention, I think it was Silver, but basketball specifically has mentioned that for the bubble idea to work, families would have to be included. And then with that, you're opening up so much more liability mm. for disease. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the reason, you know, we've all seen the graphics, the flattening curve idea. I think that, you know, the more people that you include into this circle, the worse it gets. I yeah. I, I feel like the only way to do it is to basically have a, you know, a glorified training camp. But, you know, you're like, I think they mentioned the campus idea, right? Like you're contained on a campus. I think that that's that's the only way to do it. And I don't think that you can include family. You have to keep that campus as small as possible. By the way, you want to talk about a way to recoup some of that lost revenue. And, you know, we're all fascinated with the last dance right now. Can you imagine, you know, every sport is is locked into every player is basically locked into a bubble maybe it's broken up into two different bubbles for each sport oh, or whatever. Yeah. can you imagine you going, the yeah. long the reality show that can be done off this the docuseries oh, that can be done from this it'd be oh, amazing yeah. and it could be you'll forget about 10 part like you you're gonna have every player in the league locked up together this could be a 20 part for for hey. 20 part for hockey if hard knocks can do, can turn it around in a week. I mean, they could easily do that with reality too, and just keep it going, just roll it out as long as you can. Yeah, you just I have think... you have the production staff locked into that bubble with them. All of right. the, all of the production is going to be done within that uh, that campus within that bubble. You, so you risk limiting risk a little bit. It would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Just and can you imagine watching sports? <laughs> Like watching basketball, seeing this stuff that happened like a week ago inside the bubble and all the extra oh, storylines that there would be. It would be very cool. I think that it would help, you know, TV and, and other productions, too, because like, you know, everyone knows they're dying. to. I mean, yeah. they, they need to have live stuff for sure. So just adding more and more content would be great. I look, no matter who it is, again, the first league to market is going to get absolutely boffo rating like mm-hmm. it's gonna be crazy and uh, i mean anyone with a brain should be first because it, it will that league will recoup a lot of what they've lost maybe not a lot but certainly a sizable amount of what they've lost because people will just be dying to watch anything at any time oh great. and uh yeah apparel I mean, sales will skyrocket yeah for sure absolutely and so i mean i i again full confidence adam silver is going to be the one to capitalize on that but that's just the thing. If you're, and we this we talked about this all the way at the beginning. If you're one of the marginal sports, if you're baseball or hockey, isn't this your opportunity? Because I would, I would, I don't, I don't know the last time I watched a full hockey game. I would watch every hockey game for the rest of the season that the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think hockey is. Uh, I don't know where hockey stands to be completely honest right now. But I know here's the other thing: golf. Golf is going to happen soon. Yeah, I won't and... watch golf. they're playing this weekend with some of the better golfers and then they're doing the Peyton tiger versus Brady Phil thing next weekend. And so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be out there and, you know, opportunities are going to be missed here very quickly. Um, But even then we're not, I I don't see us getting back to normalcy anytime this calendar year. So uh, whatever's on TV is going to get washed, especially live stuff. And, uh, We need to get out there as quickly as possible. 
And just for our sanity. But uh, like yeah, like I said, the, the thing the thing that I, I want people to take away from this, because I know I can be a little doom and gloomy uh, over the last month and a half or so, I do think that we have reason for optimism that we, ha- we haven't had in the past couple of weeks. But this is not the time to be stupid. This is the time to proceed well, smartly. I think that's like just because we can get things back to normal and like a sense of normalcy in other ways doesn't mean that we get to go be dumbasses, you know, Yeah. like, and I, I'm speaking to my beloved city right now because <laughs> the weather is going to get a lot nicer here in the near future. And I'm very concerned, especially if you look at the deaths in Illinois, um, you know, they're way ahead of any, basically any other state right now. It's, and, you know, I think that Pritzker and Lightfoot have generally done a pretty good job um, but this is it's not a good sign. And I think that as the weather gets better, it doesn't give you license to run around and be an idiot and, you know, hang out in groups and whatnot. And I think that I I do think that there is going to be a lot of tragedy again, not for me to be doom and gloom, but there's going to be a lot of tragedy if people aren't diligent. And I'm, yeah. I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, I I would think the best thing that you can have in your head right now is know that maybe probably we're going in the right direction and at that exact same time the white house estimates for total deaths were just raised again we're by no means out of the woods Mm -hmm. we're just there's we're just we're just now to the point where if we walk another couple of miles you could potentially see something that might be light right and the thing is when we're talking about this stuff and getting encouraged about this stuff in terms of like sports and whatnot those are meant to be you know, there is not normal. It's just a sense of it. It's just entertainment. Yeah, exactly. And we can find a way to use that to help us get to the end of the tunnel. But it's not it's not the end of the tunnel. And that's yeah. there's a big distinction there that I think, you know, the messages that are getting sent are, you know, it's, it's getting diluted. And all. I, I think that that's a major concern. Be cool, people. Don't be that crazy woman. At Red Lobster on Mother's Day. That's all I will. If, if you haven't seen the video, go to Twitter, check out the video. Don't be her. Just mm-hmm. be cool. And that's uh, that's the show for this week. For Anshikana, I'm Chris Warwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.